Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Wes Johnson and Jason Bowen. We're doing what we do on Wednesday evening, and let's talk about the NFL, all of the apropos topics. In specific today on the National Football League, we're going to talk about some fantasy implications for your playoffs that are starting inevitably on Thursday night, Saturday, and Sunday, and Monday. All but all kinds of football this week with those Saturday add-ins. So we're going to talk about fantasy a little bit, some players, sleepers, so to speak, to watch, and then we'll break down some of the keynote games from week 14 and the implications from here on out. However, first we're going to talk about betonline.ag, which is our sponsor. They are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines are available than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use this code. It's a promo code. B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Believe 50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, hockey, boxing, UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. We are going to cover some games from week 14, and we have Wes Johnson joining us a little bit late tonight to go over some fantasy stuff. But because Jason has the floor here, his Broncos were triumphant against a lowly Lions team that beat my Vikings not long ago. So the Broncos are at seven and six, which is the best record, I believe, at this point in the season since 2015. They won 38 to 10. Melvin Gordon had himself a day, but Mr. Bowen, please tell us what made that win precious or sweet. Well, you know, it was a good, it was a good win, but you do have to remember though, that that team that we played was a different team than what you guys played. (laughs) There was a lot of people that were out with COVID and sickness and injuries. And I mean, it, it was, I mean, a, a high school team probably could have came out and done just as good. Uh, but you know, it is the NFL. It, any, it doesn't really matter. At least they came to play. I liked what they did. They kept the ball on the ground, the good one-two punch with Javante and and Melvin. Um, and you know, Teddy looked reasonably competent number-wise. Watching the game, though, he just will not throw to his receivers ever. Um, defense played great. Um, and collectively as a team, statistically, they did good. But again, you said it, the lowly lions, which were even lowlier this week than any other game this, this season. When you're watching that and the running game is clicking, um, between both RB one, RB two, are you thinking like this, this, we just want to run it down their throats and this is fine. Or were you clamoring for Bridgewater to open it up a little bit? Oh, no, 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 not at all. I love it when they can do that, when they can run it and and mix it up like that. And, uh, you know, but there were situations that the the play calling there is quite questionable. They got away from the run a little bit, um, allowed the lions to get within four and then, you know, kind of, kind of got back on track after that. So no, I'm not clamoring for, um, Teddy to just go in there and start throwing it all over the place. Cause I know that he just won't, or he can't, <laughs> but he can though. I've seen yeah. him do it this year, he just, but he just refuses to, to, to take those chances. So no, I'm not upset about that, but 
when it's called upon and when, it, you know, the situation is right for him to do it. I don't like in, in you guys in, in Minnesota probably can agree with this. I don't like when it's third and eight and you're throwing it four. We oh, have our my. fair share. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's frustrating, but no, overall it was good. I mean, it came at a good time for us. Hopefully gave us some good, good momentum and, you know, we can, uh, we can take, Oh, and I did, since I was, I was uh, out of the playoffs in fantasy, this is the only thing I'm going to mention in fantasy. I started <laughs> an all Broncos team an all Broncos team at the entire roster. I had Teddy Judy. Uh, I started Alberto instead of Fant and uh, Sutton. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I had them all the defense, McManus, Javante and Gordon. Got me 111 points. It's not bad at all. <laughs> no, no, no. And I started doing that last week. Uh, you know, but once I knew I was out of the playoffs, so they netted me 85 last week. So I thought, well, shit, that that isn't. That's almost as much as I'm scoring regular anyway. So let's just roll with it. <laughs> Welcome, Wes. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. How about you guys? Not hey. bad. It looks like uh, Mr. Reed for the Lakers hit the game winner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw a little highlight of that. It was uh, pretty amazing for, yeah, for a rookie. Yeah, and they moved to 16 and 13 on the season, which is a big deal for a team that's struggling to stay above 500 for some godforsaken reason. Right. That's our little NBA talk. Uh, behind closed doors, Wes and I are NBA brains just as much as we are football brains. So that bled over to the episode tonight. Jason, I got to ask you though. So the, the Broncos are seven and six. <laughs> they could re- reasonably finish there or a little bit below, or they could grab the sixth seed if they, they went out. There is a lot of room for movement because all of these teams I'm about to list are six, six and one or better. The Steelers, the Broncos, the Bengals, the Browns, the Bills, the Colts, and those and the cap is seven and six there. So there, there is a log jam. Um, do you, I know that's why your excitement is there because, hey, they could get in this and sneak up on somebody. Do you reasonably think that will happen? I think that they have a very good chance at it. Um, and I think that they match up quite well against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, they already beat Herbert and the, and the Chargers this year. Uh, and I think we get the Raiders the second time around and, and Kansas city may have locked up a seed by that point in time when we play them the last game of the year. So we may or may not go up against Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and the boys that final game. I mean, even if we did, um, they limited all three of those guys this last game. We should have won this game. This last game we played against. Kansas City. Statistically, we should have won that. We won the time of possession, the yards, the defensive battles. Um, So we're right there. And it's yeah, I I mean, I I like what I've what I've seen over the last six weeks for sure. Three and two against current playoff teams. Um, Hey, yeah. And in the last six weeks, the Broncos are four and two against this schedule. That is not a pushover. Washington. Dallas, Philadelphia, San Diego, or Los Angeles Chargers, Kansas City, and of course the Lions there is a little bookend. So they are getting good at the right time. They <laughs> made amends for that little stretch where they lost four in a row, but that was absolutely necessary to get in the playoff hunt. And here they are. And this is the first time I think you have been in this boat since 2015, right? Oh yeah, it it certainly is. Meaningful football in December, um, knowing that it could 
could go any which way. We're playing for something. I think the team knows it. It seems like a different team. We're getting healthy at the right moment, um, getting a lot of guys back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I got a lot to be to be excited for. But, again, uh, you know, I mean, I th- especially if they come out and they they take it to the to the Bengals to get two games over mm-hmm. five hundred. Yeah, and then taking it to a team that is seven and six and vying for the same spot or spots that the Broncos are. So that game will be pivotal. I have to go look at the little odds machine that says how important that game is. But just like when the Niners and uh, Vikings played three weeks ago now, that game was like the most important game of the week for playoff positioning because those teams were fighting for the wild card. Uh, And, you know, one last thing I'll mention, too, mm -hmm. and and as crazy as this sounds, is Denver – Denver has what it takes to, to, if they're playing with their heart and, you know, what I know that they're capable of doing um, and the quality of opponent uh, opponents that they have beaten this little stretch here um, pretty handedly, really, if you're considering, mm-hmm. if you're counting the Cowboys and then the chargers and then, you know, eking that one out by the Redskins, but, or the Washington football team, but they got a, they got a playoff, type formula um with the run game and then that stout defense i mean they they could they could squeak out a playoff game yeah oh i believe it with roster talent which i've been saying for two years now uh is there the only stinker they had was the eagles game and that was about a month ago the rest of that six game stretch they were viable or winning uh west eagles still in the hunt yeah, they they are. They control their they're just like the Vikings in Washington that whichever the teams that's log jammed at six and seven, whichever team goes three and one in their last four is gonna grab the seventh seed. And depending on how the Niners do, um, that one might be up for grabs. But the Niners have a pretty easy schedule, all things considered. <clears throat> so Wes, you're a little bit late, sir. We decided because you weren't here, we're gonna do the fantasy segment in the last half hour. So we got about 15, 20 minutes of going through last week's games. We start with the Broncos because they're Jason's team. So I want you, sir, on the spot to break down 49ers Bengals in which the Niners won 26, 23 in a very fun game. Tell me what you learned. Tell me what the implications are from that contest. Um, what did I learn? Um, this was, I, I know we talked in previous weeks, the, the Bengals, they look like world beaters some weeks and then other weeks they look like a incomplete football team. And uh, it was definitely the incomplete football team version uh, of Cincinnati that showed up on Sunday. Uh, I watched most of that game mm-hmm. um, being out here in San Francisco. Um, and uh, Cincinnati was playing catch up pretty much the whole game. Um, I think they had two or three special teams miscues, if I'm not mistaken. Um and uh, yeah, I, it was a game that uh, I thought they would win, um, but yeah, they just they didn't look the part. Um, I I think they'll make the playoffs, but I I just don't see them having what it takes to um, you know do much of anything. This is the last sentence was about the Bengals. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they they yeah they're they're doing exactly what we prophesized the last two weeks. They they are growing, and this is what a good football team does. They're right in the mix in December. 
They've got the young quarterback, a coach verdict still on him. Looks like he's trending upward. And it's just like the bills two years ago. They're, they're doing the right things to grow as a team. It's just not going to happen in 2021 because they're not quite there. But if mm-hmm. I was a fan of the Bengals, I'd be super excited. Even, even despite that loss, they showed the heart to make that a game that was very competitive towards the end. And I was watching that because I needed the damn Niners to lose for the Vikings purposes. Yeah. And <laughs> they came roaring back. And the, most of that was because of good quarterback play. And then Jamar Chase is an animal. And yeah, their, their, their trajectory is spectacular. Now on the Niners, they they're confusing that they got this win here and they, they seem to be in the driver's seat to hold on to the sixth seed. And they kind of have that vibe that would you, if you were a let's see, five, no, six, if you were a Packer fan or a probably Cardinal fan, I you don't want to play those guys. Like, you know, they have a tendency mm-hmm. to play good defense because they have the players and then they can get in streaks where they run the football down your throat. But by the way, they've got George Kittle and Debo Samuel, which I saw today had acronym was it RWRB one, which is a very cool thing. I hope that we implement. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I know, I know that the cliche is a team. Nobody wants to play, but the Niners freak me out from that uh, perspective that since they've been there, they didn't win it, but they've been there. They seem like a sneaky, good team that if, if my football team was 10 and three or some shit like that, I, I'd be like, no, thanks. And I'm, I'm seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with uh, this segment and going through the keynote games is there weren't very many. Most of these games were trashy. <laughs> um, you know, you look at the, the, the point spreads going into it and the fantasy matchups, as you might have seen, were delicious. And so a lot of these damn things were lopsided. Um, the only other couple ones that we'll touch on before we get to fantasy, uh, we'll do the Bucks <clears throat> and the Bills. And that was a Brady special. And I can't remember. Was it U.S. or somebody tweeted that this was like this just nightmarish two weeks for the Bills. They they cannot beat the Patriots in the past 20, 30 mm-hmm. years. And they had like this game from hell where it was not even it was about rugby more than it was football. <laughs> just, you know, who could not turn the ball over, which guy wouldn't punt and have the ball careened to the sideline. And unsurprising to anybody in the sport, Belichick came out on top of that because he's smarter and so they got upended by a team that they hate. <laughs> well, how do you how do you cure an ailing football team? Oh, you sit them on the road to play Brady, and that one became super close at the end. Awesome, really exciting, and that was one in walk off fashion by you guessed it, Brady. So the Buccaneers. I'm just not picking them solely for the fact that it's tough to repeat in this league, but they're leaps and bounds the most sturdy team. Uh, that we've seen the NFC, even though there's about four other teams right in the mix or nipping at their heels. And the bills are so confusing because they were on top of things about a month, month and a half ago. And now because they have an easy schedule, they're probably going to be a wild card team. And then the, because of the way that they've fallen, you're like, God, is this the team? Nobody wants to play because they're going to go on the road. But was that, are you more surprised Jason by the bills tumble um, or the fact that the bucks are, you know, right there again. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I expected the bucks to be yeah, there at the end, point. you Probably know, don't question, but the bills, 
Yeah, it's they're they're an anomaly to me. I I don't really know what. To, I mean, I'm just God. I'm just looking over their schedule, and they. I mean, they shouldn't be seven and six. They just they just really shouldn't be. But yeah, they should. Uh, they they're going to have another loss. You can already book it when they go to when they go to New England. That's coming. Mm-hmm. They know it. Um, <laughs> and I think that they may be so far mentally doing mental gymnastics at collectively as a team, just because of they they got one victory over the last what five weeks, and it was a pretty good one. But it was against a bad team. They haven't won much at all recently, have they? They didn't win obviously against the Bucs, not against the Patriots. Before then, I think they got one. But then I was that's what I was looking for is their schedule. It seems like every time I'm looking, they lose. <laughs> They've also had um, one of the easiest schedules in the NFL altogether. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they killed the they they whooped the Texans. They beat Washington pretty single handedly, but that was early in the year before Washington kind of fi- found their group. Obviously, destroyed the Dolphins, but then and then they then they socked it to Kansas City mm-hmm. uh, on prime time. And then I'm thinking, I'm watching that game. I'm like, this might be the best team in football. And then, it, and then it all happened. <laughs> they get beat by the Titans, barely beat the Dolphins, considering what they did, and lost to the Jaguars. Came back and beat the Jets pretty good, crushed by the Colts. Then they wail on the Saints. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. Thanksgiving night. <clears throat> yeah, wow, it's it it is such Trevor a- Simeon Saints. Trevor Simeon Saints. Yeah, they they're c- confusing. Uh, Wes, I I beg of you, sir. Yeah. I want you to tell that. Okay. So you have Josh Allen, MVP, spring, and he's going to be MVP for every year for the next five years. That's how good he he was trending AFC championship this year per DVOA. You're familiar with that metric from football outsiders. Their number one defense in the NFL per EPA, the analytics stat, their number three defense in the NFL. They've got a top five quarterback, a top three defense. What the hell is the problem? They're not running the ball. Well, you can't uh, say that in these parts. You just running the ball doesn't matter. They they went the entire <laughs> first half without rushing it once. What? Without rushing it once. Uh, Josh Allen ran it a few times, but <clears throat> I, I don't think that those are necessarily design runs. Um, you also shouldn't be relying solely on your quarterback to to pick up rushing yards. You, you, they. Are, are you telling me they didn't hand the ball to a single Terry Moss or Breida in the first half? Exactly. <sighs> that was um, against the Bucs. The the first one that they did. So against the Bucs or the Patriots? This is against the uh the Bucs. Holy. I didn't know um, that. Yeah. On fourth down, um after um what is it here? That's embarrassing. Yeah, they they tried to fake it. Uh, on fourth down with a run, uh, didn't make it. Uh, oh, actually, <laughs> try to play action and they're not brought <laughs> you the ball. <laughs> the, their first rushing attempt came, uh, 11 minutes left in the third quarter. Um, oh gosh, when they were down, uh, 24 to three, that was their very first rushing attempt, uh, outside of Josh Allen and, uh, a fourth down fake. And this is soon to be head coach Brian Dable of somebody, right? Yep. 
Oh, not not in Denver anymore. No way. Can't, that can't <laughs> happen. I, I was clamoring for this guy. What in the world? That is poor. That is awful. Did you yep. see somebody tweet that or did you find that? I haven't seen that. Um, I I think I saw it during the game. I okay. saw somebody had tweeted, you know, uh, Buffalo didn't run it once in the first half. And I remembered it right now when we were doing this. So I, I was looking at the, the play-by-play just to just confirm that. And uh, it is, in fact, true. And I was able to locate their, their very first uh, rushing attempt. So that's hilarious because they're coming off the heels of a game where they were forced to run and they didn't win. So it was almost like somebody in the building was like, we're done with that shit. That didn't work. So (laughs) we got this MVP dude. That's going to be an MVP soon, Josh Allen. So we're going to throw the thing. I know that they're thinking the Bucks run defense is, I think, second in the league behind usually the Saints. And the last three years, even without Brady, the Bucks run defense has been spectacular. Don't let anybody tell you any different. But that doesn't mean you flat out don't do it. <laughs> no, no. And Belichick would actually run it right at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's crazy to think about that. Because uh, the their running backs are very, very competent backs, too, between Singletary and Moss. Burrito. Those guys mm-hmm. are, go- I mean, they, they can get the job done. Yeah. It's just, well, it, that defies, it defies everything because. I understand that it's a pass happy league and the whole league has trended there so that we don't anywhere. We don't run the football anywhere near close to what we did 10 years ago. And certainly before that, but you have to have some element of it to set up your pass. Even, even if, even if you are going against one of the league's top defenses, you have to chip away at it first down, second down every now and then, then throw it. And it's not because you're saying the healthy analytics, it's that you have to have that element of surprise. Like Jason was just laughing. How the hell are you going to play action if you haven't right. ran the ball at all? You're faking to ghosts. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and a prime example of that really is if you want to talk about who got the, the pass happy league started, you'd have to credit Peyton Manning with that. But even throughout the two thousands and even when he got in with, with Denver 2013 and 14, they're still getting thousand yard running backs, mm-hmm. you know, between Edger and James and that year that Manning broke all those records in 2013 in Denver, no Sean Marino still went over 1100 yards rushing. So mm-hmm. you, yeah, I mean, you don't just abandon it. I mean, that's just so crazy. That that stat is absurd. It's like absolutely everything in your life. It's about balance. And um, yep, in when you when you get to the playoffs, the football guys and I think even some of the analytic guys will admit that you have to be able to run at least to keep people guessing. You can throw it six percent of the time. That's fine. Um, But anything more than that, and you get up sixty-five, seventy, then you're flirting with disaster. And Bills were like, well, we're going to try 100%. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yep. You uh, did was... get a, a vintage Josh Allen game, um, <laughs> fantasy-wise. Uh, 300 yards passing, 100 yards rushing, um, two passing TDs, one rushing TD. So, I mean, that, it. I don't think that had happened all year for Allen, uh, at least that I had seen, but uh, vintage as in uh, last year where – he he made his mark. He seemed to have uh, a few of those type of games. Yeah, but what that game wasn't really. It seems like when I looked at that score in the third, it, the Bucks were, had a pretty decent lead there, didn't they? For a little bit, it was it, they did, they, and they let off the gas a little bit. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. So the game might have was the game a little bit further apart than the score set, or did the Bills earn all no, that? They earned it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yep. They, they Josh Allen brought them back. Defense stood up kind of when it needed to, and it, it was like almost any time two good football teams square down. If one gets out to a lead, the other is coming back. Yeah. It's all, it's almost like the NBA now. No lead is safe ever. Like right. I remember five years ago, I could turn on for me a Cavs game and be like, whoo, all right, we're up 22 and I'd be good. And now I see that. I'm like, that ain't shit. Right. <laughs> that thing ain't lasting. Like it's just, it's there. It's deconstructed uh, now with three point shot in basketball. And then with football, it's just, I think that we've, we've preached this past heaviness that games can be tied up or brought back to reality really quick with big plays. And, uh, and that's primarily because we, we keep things through the air, which I think everybody's fine with. Uh, you just can't do it to the extreme and, you know, get your teeth kicked in 24 to three because you're not running the football. All right, Wes, let's do one more game. That will be the Browns and the Ravens. The Browns hung on to this one. Lamar was hurt. And we're not sure if Lamar will play against the Packers. It sounds like it's a definite maybe. Uh, the Browns stay alive with their playoff hopes, seven and six. They're in that log jam with the Broncos, Bengals, etc. Uh, the Ravens have a little cushion, eight and five. Uh, I don't think anybody trusts them, though. Uh, Lamar Jackson is that team, and even he is just kind of subpar in terms of his performance. Todd uh, Todd Hunley came in. I don't know what's his first name. Um, is it Todd? Is a baseball player, isn't it? Yeah. I forget. <laughs> There's a Huntley that came in as the QB2. Brett, Brett Huntley. Yes. Uh, okay. So the Browns went to 24, 22 over the Ravens. Now they have like 30 COVIDs or 12 COVIDs or something like that. And they're, they're in rough shape. But uh, I want to know, Jason, on the Ravens. So you have an MVP quarterback on that team who hopefully for their sake will be healthy within the next few weeks before playoff time. Are they ever going to gel or are they going to be this, this team that you can't trust? Well, gosh, it's such a good question. And I'm afraid that if, because if the Ravens lose one more game, they're in, they're right in that same logic as everyone else. <laughs> and uh, I, God, I, I don't know. I, I, I said it before. I know when we made our um, preseason predictions, I didn't think that the Ravens had a top 10 offense. I, I remember I said that. I, I just, I don't know what they're, what they are. And I don't think Lamar Jackson is enough to, to get him anywhere, even if they make the playoffs. I, I just don't see it. I, obviously uh, their injuries that they suffered early in the season have contributed to, to oh, yeah. their lack of, um, you know, and still being able to sit at eight and five says speaks volumes for them. So nothing against them as a team. They're a well-coached team, a well-constructed team, but I, I don't, I don't, well, they, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. <laughs> Let's see if either one of you has done your homework. If the Ravens lose this week, they are screwed. Does anybody know why? Uh, do not. Well, the obvious, you guys said it, they're going to they'll fall to eight and six. And the tiebreaker with the Browns and the Bengals and the Steelers. Here it is. Their division record is one and three. Mm. And right now the Browns are two and two in the division. The Bengals are three and one and the Steelers are two and two. So conceivably, if they lose, 
depending on the other matchups, they could be last place in the AFC North by bedtime Sunday night. Mm. Wow. And even with Lamar, are they going to beat the Packers? That's what you have to ask yourself. Like a great Lamar. Yeah, and because the Packers are still playing for that number one. Yeah, so, well, right. they have it right now. Yeah, they do, but mm-hmm. they want to hang on to that. So, oh my goodness gracious, they're gonna because that, that that cushion that you spoke of just a couple minutes ago—that's <laughs> not really a cushion. It was. <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah. Now, but now that you put it in that perspective, going uh, playing against the Rodgers and the Packers, and oh man, yeah, it's. Uh, let's see. The NFC, let's see, the Browns play the Raiders, and who knows? They don't have any starters, but uh, then <laughs> the Bengals. actually going for the Raiders in this game. <laughs> the Bengals and Broncos, we know about that game. And then the Stillers have, wait for it, let me find it, the Titans. So it's three very good games, and it's a long shot that all three of those teams win and the Ravens mm-hmm. lose, but if they do... They will be down in third place because the Steelers will be wait no how does that work Steelers will be seven six and one yeah so they'd be they Steelers would be in fourth place but the Ravens would be temporarily out of the mix and (laughs) funny thing is if the Steelers would have completed their comeback against the Vikings then the Bills would be on the outside looking in uh, because (laughs) they would be sans a tiebreaker so there are so many different scenarios right now that. It's yeah, it's going to be a fun last month of football for sure. Yeah. All right, let's make our pivot to fantasy and sleeper chat. And for the most part, West is going to do some filibusting. Uh, I did some homework too. I'm going to start with my West because we're probably going to overlap, yeah. and you've probably got a field bigger than mine. <clears throat> so yeah, gonna... you guys go with yours, and then uh, if you guys have some of my guys, I will omit them and uh, go on to the next. All right, so I'm going to go through. Uh, I have what two running backs, two receivers, two quarterbacks, and two tight ends. Uh, the first running back that I like as a sleeper is, and this is depending on if he actually plays, keep an eye on that, is Chase Edmonds uh, for a couple reasons. Um, James Conner, who I've made a lot of fun on the show, that turns out I shouldn't have. He actually is a pretty prolific dude, uh, is questionable. And they're playing in Detroit, who is stinky against running backs in general and in fantasy. And Edmonds was decent before uh, he was out for a couple few games here. So I don't know if they'd go back to the sharing load if he's ready or if Connor is truly questionable in the sense that he may not play. Uh, but they're probably going to rely a little bit more on those two. We saw it with Connor, like looking like with Danian Tomlinson in the passing game uh, this last week. They're probably going to rely heavily on other playmakers because DeAndre Hopkins is out for the remainder of the regular season. So I got Edmonds there. I don't know if this is a sleeper, but it's a startable dude in uh, Sony Michelle against the Chargers. Chargers are another team that doesn't play running backs very well. We saw that Sony looked the part when they uh, won this past week, and he'll probably get the lion's share of the carries. So I think he's a startable RB2 or flex. Those are my running backs. My wide receivers are from the same game. The first one is Allen Robinson, who has been the biggest or second or third biggest disappointment in all of fantasy football this year, because even with crappy quarterbacks in the past, he still got his, and that finally caught up to him. The quarterbacking, let's see, Dalton and Fields, for some reason, don't target him very much, and he is not the part of the offense that he's usually 
showcased as, but the Vikings don't play receivers very well in general or in fantasy. So if Allen Robinson is going to have a good game, you can bet your rear end will be against this Vikings. On the other hand, on the other side of the field, Adam Thielen probably won't play. There's been very little chatter about his even maybes on his availability. So I don't expect him to play. And I am number one with the bullet Vikings guy. So that would lead to KJ Osborne who had the game saving touchdown last week. Uh, he is a startable, probably flex wide receiver. If you're really skinny there, I'd look at Osborne. I've got him on two benches that I have to decide on either him or Devonte Parker, because all of these COVIDs that are hitting your lineups, uh, I think Osborne is playable against a, a defense in the bears that we only consider them good based on reputation. Uh, per EPA, the, the defensive analytics, the bears are the 26th ranked defense in all of football. That's overall the Vikings are playing two teams in the last two weeks that have big reputation defenses of the Steelers and the, and the bears. But in reality, they're not playing well this year. Can interrupt for just a second to talk about Lightbox. box, uh, say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the best, brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of Sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are grown in the lab. Because of their process, they create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue as well as the classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Price so they won't have to. They really do make an outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add your sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. My quarterbacks are Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo against the Falcons because Kittle has been tremendously hot. And uh, I think Debo's trending to be back. At least I've seen him in starting lineups. So I think that he is a reasonable play if you're skinny there. And if you dare, if you have somebody like Lamar and he can't go at the last minute, I think it might even be worth it to give Justin Fields a look against the Vikings because it's probably the cynicism Viking fan in me that says, this is probably going to be the game where he looks like the Heisman Trophy winner of everything for everything ever. Uh, so Fields in a pinch starting at quarterback. And then I'm going to shut up with my two tight ends going against bad defenses. Defending against tight ends are Hunter Henry, the Patriots, and Ricky Seals-Jones is due for something. And if you are deprived of a tight end, I think those guys are worth a look. That might be the longest I've ever talked on this show. <laughs> Not the exact format. I thought I thought we'd go. We each batter around running backs and then oh no i i know that the, i'm going to chime in on yours <laughs> and i know that you're going to fill up a lot of the the airtime so i want to you. get mine in so why don't you start and then we'll discuss yeah and before you. you do that wes just yeah. remember i just would rather listen because remember one in 13 that's my <laughs> record in fantasy my opinions Certain my Broncos thoughts every week <laughs> no, well, no, I didn't do that until I was already out of the playoffs, Dustin. <laughs> you were one in eleven. Excuse me. I do have 11. a Bronco on the list, Jake. Let's hear them. Yeah, yeah, I got actually a couple I was going to throw out there for you too. Though. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll start with the quarterback. I will piggyback what Dustin said about Justin Fields. Ooh, okay. Um, oh, over three of his last four contests, uh, one of the contests I believe he left with the injury. Uh, he's had serv- serviceable uh, fantasy numbers of about uh, 18 or so points at the quarterback position. Uh, Minnesota gives up the most points to the quarterback position over the last four weeks. 
Um, so he is definitely somebody to monitor. He's getting it done on the ground. Let me ask you this. So <clears throat> this is an apropos question. So I'm pulling up one of my leagues. It's a very normal league. 10, 10 team PPR doesn't have boatloads of IRs. If you're staring at these dudes because you have Lamar who won't play or something, Garoppolo, Tannehill, Keenum, Roethlisberger, Mac Jones, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan. Are you still going fields or are you saying like if Matt Ryan isn't available, then look at fields? Uh, I would say fields. Uh, the reason being, he's also getting it done on the ground. So he is giving you the rushing yards, uh, which for any fantasy quarterback is going to um, make up for one of the guys I had on this list, Taysom Hill. Uh, his first start two weeks ago, he had four interceptions. He still st- finished the the game with 23.6 fantasy points four interceptions he did it because he was doing it on the ground that was also Um, the game in the first half when pff cbs sports were just gushing over the Taysom hill experience they were like tweeting like what can't this guy do right (laughs) i'm like come (laughs) on pump the brakes Um, more picks from that list too um and this is not my stat i stole this from um, JJ Zacharyson, uh, late round, uh, QB on Twitter. Um, he had mentioned on his podcast that Roethlisberger in three of the last four weeks has finished as a top 10 quarterback fantasy quarterback. So, uh, for what that's worth, um, he would also shows be up late. There. Yeah. Yep, I kid you not. I did the EPA play on him. Did you see that tweet Wes? No. And yeah, right after the Vikings game, I've been trying to figure it out because it's one of those ones where if you like to do stats like me, you can always look, watch these games and you can sense something. And then the numbers usually flush it out. So I've been watching these Steeler games. I don't know how they show up on my TV and first three quarters. He looks like just moronic. And then you get to crunch time and you're like, oh, well, he's back. And so I ran the numbers the first three quarters. He he uh, ranks 33rd in the NFL in uh, efficiency, the analytics stat from Ben Baldwin's tool. And then you get to the fourth quarter and he ranks like it was third or third and best or fourth best in the NFL. Yeah. So it's like, he's like, all right, here we go. It's fourth quarter. Now I got to (laughs) stop my bullshit. And it's so strange. Yeah. Watching him is pretty difficult. Oh (laughs) God. I hate (laughs) Roethlisberger. Hate that guy for some reason. (laughs) Um, moving on to the running backs. Uh, I agree with you on Sonny Michelle. Even if uh, Daryl Henderson comes back, I just don't think Henderson is uh, as durable of a back to uh, put out there in the starting role. And I think Michelle has done enough to um, solidify his role um, as more of an every down back. Uh, my two that I will choose to go with, uh, Donta Foreman with Tennessee. Uh, it's looking like he is number one in the pecking order right now. Uh, Pittsburgh gives up uh, the first most points and fantasy to running backs over the last four weeks. Um, this should be a, a close back and forth game, which um, you know would afford him more carries uh if tennessee falls behind then uh, one of the other backs would probably be a preferred uh option as uh they tend to uh catch the ball a little bit better than foreman uh super deep sleeper 
at running back. Uh, I have Amir Abdullah uh, with Carolina. Um, Chuba Hubbard, he hasn't really caught too many balls out of the backfield since McCaffrey went down. Um, Carolina plays the Bills. The Bills are going to be pissed off. Uh, it'll probably be a negative game script, meaning uh, Carolina will be playing catch up. How do you play catch up? By uh, catching passes. Uh, so I have. Uh, Abdullah as a super deep sleeper at the running back position. And that's due to the fact of how the game script should go. Can I ask uh, you on Sony? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> just focusing on this week, not what they've done in the past mm-hmm. is Sony in the territory of James Robinson and Miles Sanders, where you would, or is, are you saying Sony's a slam dunk? Like, like, you know, let's say I have, James Robinson, who got benched by the dictator, right. and then Miles Sanders, who you don't know if any good. Are you saying that Sony's right there with those guys? Or are you saying it would be Sony, no matter what, on those? Uh, I th- I think just based on um, how the season's gone for the Rams and what they've seen from Michelle while uh, Henderson's been out, I I don't see that they would necessarily completely go away from him uh he had 24 carries two weeks ago 20 carries this last week um and he was producing i think he had 79 yards this last week um i don't know what it was two weeks ago but um also factoring in seattle over the last four weeks is uh given up the fifth most fantasy points at the position so okay yeah can I ask you guys a question, please? This is and this is a perfect time for me to actually ask this. Um, <laughs> you guys talking about fantasy sleepers, and I see that uh, you know, game day mornings and everything, watching everything leading up to the football games. Like these guys that you're talking about, are these players that you actually like have on your team, or are these players that you might? have to start or in pick up off the waiver wire last minute to insert that one. So if you're planning right now, hopefully, because there's Thursday night football in less than 24 hours. <clears throat> yeah. You want to, if you're, you know, Hopkins is out. So shit, I got to start somebody. Um, or, you know, you're running back to pride. These are dudes that you would probably sift through the wire on most of them. And for me, like Allen Robinson, he was on every single team when the season started, but now he's, he lives on every single waiver wire in the United States. Yeah. Yep. And I know as a Viking fan, that's the type of guy will just re- resurrect his career. You know, all of a sudden he's back. So yeah, most, most of the time when you're talking about sleepers, you're talking about either a dude who's been buried as F on your bench or is living on the waiver wire. Okay. Yeah. And then, so a sleeper would be somebody that you might pick up onto your team mm-hmm. bench. You'd, put somebody else that you're never playing on the waiver wire yep. and then insert them into the starting lineup. If you were forced to, yep, you're not yep. going to, you're not going to put one of these guys in over one of your. No, most, you most might. yeah, you could, depending on the matchup. Most of the yeah. time dudes with names like Lockett or Mike Evans, usually on name recognition, like DK Metcalf is one that you might consider 
playing somebody else because he just hasn't done much in a month. But you really have the balls to bench DK Metcalf. Um, most of the time when I'm oh, looking, I did, yeah. <laughs> most of the time <laughs> when I have sleepers, it's because their bullshit has happened to me personally and the team, which I'm looking for yeah. somebody just okay. to start. Yeah, so like let's say Thielen was your top receiver. Well, high ankle sprain. Who am I going to play? Wes is going to tell us here when his uh, when his receivers come up. So yeah, sleeper is usually an unsung guy that's going to score a touchdown and have at least 50, 60 yards. Well, maybe uh, perhaps a Van Jefferson. He's already, he was a sleeper about six weeks ago. Okay. Yep. And yeah. he's on my list. Um, he has a TD in three straight games. Uh, doesn't look like OBJ will be there. Uh, so he was on my list. Um, I'll go with Russell Gage though. Uh, over the last three games, um, he had 18.2, uh, 25 points, and 10.4. Um, San Francisco ranks number two against um, – or is number two in points allowed at the wide receiver position over the last four weeks. Uh, I'm doing four-week span because you know I, I want to see what's happening currently rather than over the course of the year. Um, and this should be a negative game game script, meaning you know Atlanta will be passing the ball. Uh, I anticipate the Niners to to go up and probably go up big. Um, so he is a sleeper in my eyes. Uh, another deep sleeper. Uh, this goes to uh, the same game Dustin was talking about with uh, Chicago and Minnesota. Um, I'm going to go with Jakeem Grant. Uh, you saw him. <laughs> Return a punt for 97 yards. Um, also, uh, catch a ball for, I think, 41 yards against Green Bay. Uh, over the last two weeks, uh, he had 17.2 points. And then this last week, uh, 19.1 points. Uh, he's seeing work as kind of a gadget type player. Uh, two weeks ago, he saw 63% of the snaps at the wide receiver position. And this last week, 47% of the snaps as well. Um, he is a, a deep sleeper. I don't know if he'll necessarily provide any punch um, on special teams as the Vikings special teams this year has been uh, pretty good. I'm going to knock on wood right now because uh, that's just the thing to say. And all of a sudden, it's already, it's already <laughs> happened. Yeah, it's already happened. <laughs> Look at a text message at 8.04 p.m. Central time. That's a new <laughs> piece of... So, um He's somebody that um, could expose, you know, uh, a faulty secondary in Minnesota. Um, And then if we're moving on to the tight end position, um, my number one sleeper at the tight end position is Tyler Hybe. He's had kind of an uh, up and down year with all the the weapons for uh, the Rams Uh, with no OBJ. Um, I, I see him making a big impact. Seattle is, uh, giving up the number one, most points to the tight end position. Uh, he missed last week's game. So I don't think a lot of people will be high on him. Mm -hmm. I see him, uh, stepping up and, and making a big impact. Um, this is where we get to the Denver player. I have Albert O is, um, a sleeper as well. He had 9.6 points two weeks ago and 22.6 this last week. Uh, Cincinnati gives up the second most points to the position. 
uh, snap share percentage of 43 two weeks ago and 56 this last week. Um, and for what it's worth, Denver has a, a great tight end and running back fantasy schedule throughout the, the fantasy playoffs. Um, my super deep sleeper, and this might come back to burn me. Uh, I am playing Dustin this week, and I was actually going to block you for for the tight end. Uh, I figured you would go with Hunter Henry. Um, but the super deep sleeper will be Harrison Bryant for the Cleveland Browns. Oh, I was going to ask you about that right after this. Your speech was what, what Browns tight end would you trust? Cause they got some no name and then they so have Bryant. And Joku is, is not playing. Mm-hmm. Hooper is out with COVID. Yep. Um, Cleveland targets their tight ends the most in the league. 30.3% of all passes go to their tight ends. Jeez. And Vegas is, uh, giving is up it- the 10th. 10th most to the prison isn't Bryant questionable he is questionable he's coming off an injury i do anticipate that he will play they're gonna have to they're gonna have to field the yeah. football team <laughs> yeah they gotta have 53 bodies and they're gonna go find a guy who sacks groceries or something that's how injury riddle they are yeah i was thinking about a that's the first depth chart i went to because i knew that both of those um and joku and hooper and hooper uh, won me some weeks last week. I had him in two leagues and he scored. And uh, I, I remember that because I was skittish about playing Landry and he on the same team in one of my leagues, but it worked. And so I was like, all right, well, who's the next man up? And then it said Bryant was questionable. And I was like, I don't know anything about Brown's football to know if he's actually going to play. And then they had like Jordan, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't, I don't know who he is. So that's what made me go with Henry. It was at least I know him and I yeah. know, I know I trust Mac Jones to go underneath a little bit. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, now if you were me, Jono Smith would be the one getting all the points. <laughs> I, I tried Henry so many times this year. I tried Njoku, all of them. God, nothing. <laughs> I'm so bad at fantasy guys. I'm so bad. <laughs> Metcalf getting me four points. Yeah. Yeah, that's he's I have him and so I, I made the league and all I made the playoffs in all seven of my leagues. And I Metcalf is the one that I can't, I can't bench him. Like I can't bring myself to leave him um, because it's the proverbial. I know I'm going to bench him. Then he's going to have three touchdowns to make up for this loss, this last streak. Cause we know it's, he's not suddenly inept. It's just something's going on. So yeah, and that's really the one that comes to mind. That's why I tweeted that stat about Renfro uh, West last mm-hmm. weekend is because I was like, it feels like Renfro has been a better fantasy player. And you go look it up, sure as shit, average points, total points, PPR anyhow. Uh, Renfro hasn't beat by a whisker. And it's crazy to think that that white guy, nobody knew until last year, is more prolific by a little bit than DK Metcalf. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mike Williams is another frustrating one for me this year. He's always been frustrating for fantasy. And this year took it to a new level because they finally got an offensive brain that said, let's use him aside from chucking it up in the air. And then they did it for what a month. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And then they're like, nah, we're good. Put him back in the closet. Then then you'd bench him and then he'd have another good one. You yeah, know, like it was about every third game after that first month. Yeah, in our uh, <laughs> in our twenty team, Wes, I think that the front runner dude 
had him and I remember looking at how his team was so indestructible. And then whenever I'd see Williams in there, I'm like, well, yeah, he drafted him and that guy's producing like a top six wide receiver and most leagues he's on the waiver wire. And so I was like, that's when it started to add up. Um, Now he's not Mike Williams isn't quite as scary, but right. Yeah. You have to wonder why for the rivers era, they're like, yeah, we'll just, we'll throw it to him deep. Like kind of like MVS. Right. Yeah, just throw it to him deep when we're bored. Other than that, we'll just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I, apparently, I still have a game. Do do uh, uh, other teams that are out of the playoffs continue to play? Most leagues. Yeah. It's I looked, I just checked my app. I realized I had a game coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, we're, rolling ever... all, we're rolling all Broncos. I might throw in pants <laughs> to Alberto, though. In my... Uh, <laughs> wife's work league west they we didn't, i didn't even realize it when i was looking asking her how she did their playoff started last week and it's two mm. weeks two weeks running for the semi the four teams made it out of 10 yeah. and the playoffs are two weeks apiece huh and i never heard of that yeah i think it's kind of cool because it adjudicates you know which team really is better here and you right. can you can go in after the first week and shift your lineup but sure. it's a it's a two week session and I was like, I don't know if I like that, but it's it's interesting. What is yeah. so double elimination? No, or what is it? What is no, right, it right now? She's kicking ass, and so like I said, we didn't even look at the the she didn't even look at the structure, and so their playoff started in week fourteen. The top four top four teams made it, and yep. she's playing this guy last week, and then the points carry over to this week. And they oh. just they start so she's up one twenty to eighty or something so she'll hmm. build on that and this guy okay. needs to overcome forty points and wow. yeah I heard a lot of weird I was at my Christmas party with on my dad's side of the family and they're all fantasy football players and I was talking to my cousin he told me about this league where Wes you got you won't believe this where every player is available twice in the draft. Hmm. So yeah, like I don't know if you can draft the same player twice, but yeah, you you, you can have you could feasibly have Camara on your team and play against Camara. Like I have no idea why people do this or why this league is doing that, but yeah, every player is in there twice. I don't know how many teams are in it, but there's a lot of kooky stuff you can try. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. That'd be that'd be fun, <laughs> I guess. All right, what else, gentlemen? We got about a minute and a half left. Um, Any big calls this week? Jason, you usually got something outlandish to say about the slate of games that's coming up. Oh, I think the Bills lose. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even know who they're playing. They just <laughs> I, yeah, no, I I think that they're gonna. I'll, I think they'll be lucky to win one more. That's hilarious because they're playing at home versus Carolina and you're just you're making that call. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I called that at work too. I, I, Carolina can, you never know about them. I mean, they could come out and the bills could probably be in their own minds. If they are is doing those mental gymnastics, like I alluded to earlier, they could be thinking, well, good. We finally got a team now where we can get back on track. And if they are thinking that way, and, and the reason I'm saying they think that way is because, like you said a couple shows ago, I mean, they were pretty high on themselves, um, you know, thinking that they already had the the, a, the NFC or the AFC East. And, yeah, I mean, they could be overlooking the, the, the Panthers, and uh, I could see it. I could see it. I could the, see the Panthers getting the win. The Newton-Walker Panthers, <laughs> like the combination <laughs> yeah. sandwich of – 
Um, my my surprise pick, and I just looked at the line, the line, and I guess it's not that surprising at all. And Wes, you're going to roll your eyes. I'm taking the Steelers over the Titans. I'm taking the prideful Mike Tomlin Steelers to knock off the Titans. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that happening. You got any that will, if you look at the schedule, any that jump off as your upset or not really? I will go outside the lines here and I will go with Sean Payton's Saints going into Tampa and coming out with a win on Sunday night football. You mean Kevin James Saints? Kevin James Saints, yes. (laughs) Totally transformed. Unrecognizable yeah. Kevin James, or how, however, whoever tweeted that, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, <laughs> like, that looks like Kevin James in a in a visor. <laughs> what what happens to the Bills if they do in fact lose? If they lose to Carolina at home. Oh boy, that They're... brings them to seven and seven. Yeah, and that would mean all that that log jam we talked about will pass them by. Somebody yeah. will. Um, I guess whatever whoever wins in Cincinnati, Denver, sure as truck will pass them by. And then you got to start to look at the Steelers, have the tiebreaker over the Bills. They'd pass them by if my upset special comes to fruition. If uh, Cleveland can find a way, uh, they they would pass them. They, the, Ra- the Raiders, if they won, would be tied. So, yeah, I, I, that line's got to be humongous. What, 11 or 12? Let's see what it is. Yeah, 10 and a half. I nailed that one. Ten and a half favored for the Bills. So you heard it here first. The Panthers yeah, what? for Jason you know, in South Dakota. You know what? You know the Bills are already looking at that at that spread too, and they're thinking, "God, this is finally a game we can get back on track." <laughs> they're going to lose. Probably not going to run the ball. No, going to be talking about it like oh, they didn't run the ball. So, <laughs> all right, gentlemen, didn't run the ball. Don't make a two-minute warning. Fourth quarter. Ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, All right, we'll be back next week. We'll have some snazzy new topic to bring to your eardrums. Um, But that's all we got for tonight. And peace. Later. Adios. Later, guys. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.